0: Welcome to
1: The Dental Deep Dive, where we dive into industry trends and best practices for optimizing your dental organization while providing the best possible experience and care for patients.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Dental Deep Dive. I'm your host, David Danielson, and today I'm joined by Karina Santos. Karina Santos specializes in helping DSOs and multi-site groups successfully leverage their technology platforms to support and grow their businesses. With more than 25 years of industry experience, she has been helping some of the largest national DSOs and group practices focus in and achieve their desired goals and outcomes. Prior to her role as strategic customer success manager, Karina was a certified Dentrix and Dentrix Enterprise Trainer for over 20 years. She's worked with dozens of practices to transform their digital workflows and improve their profitability. Let's dive in. Today, we'd like to welcome Karina Santos to the show. Welcome, Karina.
1: Thanks, Dave. Glad to be here.
0: I'm so glad that we can finally get together. I mean, we've been talking about this, it seems like, for ages. So
1: I know. Perfect time like the now.
0: Exactly, exactly. So one of the things that uh, I've gotten a lot of requests for lately is really starting to have a deeper conversation around, you know, standard operating procedures and things like that. And so uh, Karina Santos was actually recommended to our podcast Uh, as an industry expert. And you may or may not know, we both work for the same company, but she's a legitimate expert in working with national DSOs. So we wanted to invite her to the show, and uh, we're going to have a really good chat here. So Karina, one of the things that was really exciting, we just recently did a webinar uh, with Karina Santos, specifically around SOPs. For those of you who are listening, I will go ahead after the recording, and we will put the webinar location in the show notes. So if you want to go and check that out, you're more than welcome to, but we'll have that listed below. And, you know, one of the things that comes up when you're talking about SOPs is first off, what the heck is an SOP? And so Karina, why don't you, why don't you tell us, you know, in your words, what do you think that is?
1: Well, SOP is an acronym, obviously, obviously for standard operational procedures or protocols. And so In a nutshell, an SOP is basically an instruction for your staff on how you would like to operate a certain workflow or a piece of the business.
0: What are you seeing uh, with the practices that you're working with right now? What are they doing?
1: Well, actually, that is the hot topic of the century right now. Um, I think a lot of our practices are realizing they can't use our software or any practice management software really without standard operational procedures. Um, because if you look at the different softwares out there, there's just so many ways of using the software that an organization really needs to take time on how do they want to use the software to best meet their needs and get the outcomes they want. So, um, a lot of during COVID, believe it or not, this is the ideal time to level set on organizational processes and efficiencies.
0: That's a great point. So, in in that context, I mean, really, what what are the best practices that these organizations should be focused on? I mean, you know, I, I we want to make sure that people are listening or getting value out of this. So, you know, it, they've got downtime with COVID, or they have some, they've had some downtime. Uh, you know, what are the best practices that people have done that have really helped them?
1: Well, I think what happens is everything starts with pain points, right, Dave? So um, when their executive leadership team or even the owner of the practice can't get the information they need or things don't seem accurate or right, they start to look at the whys. and, um, And then what happens is they start to find out that Maybe they're not using the software properly, or maybe they never made decisions in the organization on how to's so that their staff can literally do what they need to do to get the outcomes they want. Um, One big SOP that I see really popular is what are the organization or the office's end of the day processes? Um, A lot of the times we notice that because practices, and again, this is anybody from one location to 10 locations, 100 locations. If you don't or aren't clear about your end of the day SOP as an example, you know, how can you manage or think to be getting the accurate data? So an example of a workflow that we are currently working through with, I have a 15 location group that the the system the billers can't seem to bill because they have a central billing office. They can't seem to bill accurately because they're not getting the right information from clinical notes and procedures that are being posted in a timely fashion. And what we uncovered was that they never had an SOP as to when should the doctors print out the end of the day sheet reports, verify their information of the patients they've seen, write up their clinical notes So things like processes by defining when things should be done, who should be doing it, by when, is really critical in operating just a single location or even a multi-location group.
0: No, and I think you bring up a good point. I mean, I don't think that having good, you know, operating procedures is something relegated to being large. I think that it starts when you're small. And then you can build on what you've done right and continue to expand on it. Mm-hmm. For the customers out there that don't really have a strong SOP, I mean, what is it, you know, what are those pitfalls? Where do they really fall down? You, you know, if you were to say, hey, you know, what are the biggest challenges that those groups are experiencing right now? What, what would you say are common pitfall areas?
1: Inaccurate reports
0: <laughs>
1: and data. <laughs> um, I'd say, the, the, again, the executives or people that own the business can't really see what's truly going on. You can't even assess the health of an organization because if someone's not doing something properly and data is entered into a system incorrectly, again, how could you trust the data, right? Um, I'd say that's the biggest pitfall. Also disgruntled employees, because then they they don't know what to do. No one can answer their questions. They don't feel like they're being supported to succeed. Um, what else? I mean, those are the top two that come just right off the top of my head.
0: Mm. Those are really great points, Karina, because I think that it's it's, it's sometimes it's hard when you're in the middle to kind of see, man, you know we're just not getting the data out of the reports that we want and and to take a step back and and to have that view of, well, maybe we don't have processes that are adding that information in the way that we want and and to think that you know maybe we want to look at the end-to-end process to getting that data, I think that's a real critical uh, you know point. I mean, you know, we we make a lot of decisions internally and I can tell you our best decisions come from great data. And if we know that data is not right, it's really hard to make a good decision. If you were to do a free consulting day and you wanted to help, you know, some practices out and you were giving them guidance on SOP development, where would you start? What would you do next? and And then what would you do after that?
1: So the first thing I would start with is, Let's start with your pain points, right? I would love to analyze or assess, you know, and hear from the team members, what are the struggles that they're having? Because many times, whatever struggles they um, share either have to do with not learning or not knowing how to do something, or a decision has to be made for SOP. So I'd start with identifying the pain points. I then would, you know, want to observe or analyze a workflow. How are they doing things? Because sometimes what they say doesn't match what they actually do. So when you observe someone doing a workflow process, like checking in a patient, let's say, or presenting a treatment plan, um, that's when I can see things happen, right? Um, And then after seeing that, then obviously recommend training on the software. Because again, I'd say many of the reasons why there are pain points simply has to do or can be fixed with just knowing what your software system can do and learning how to use it wisely. And then through training, that's when Things are um, identified because we literally review the workflow, see how it comes out in a report or not, and tweak the SOPs at that point.
0: I think those things are spot on. And I I think it's really interesting because you know, if it were me and I was running a practice right now, you know what I'd be doing? I'd be writing down, here's my list of pain points, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, because I I would want to start where we have pain today and then start building out our processes around that. And I think that's Extremely actionable and extremely beneficial, and you know, I I see this with a lot of practices that I interact with as well. I mean, some come in and they have a, a Bible, as it were, of SOPs, and others have more like a pamphlet. and And I think the the best thing that I'm seeing is that they they they're starting, right? right. They're they're taking the opportunity to go back to what you'd mentioned identify those key pain points and really start to dial in. Um, I love the example that you shared about end of day processes. I mean, it's very interesting when you look at, you know, overall uh, effectiveness and efficiency of a practice. And, you know, there's just some areas that need some help. And um, I've seen a lot of customers that really struggle because they don't have a really great end of day act uh, set of activities.
1: Yeah. And, you know, just Remember, SOPs are just the foundation, right? But then you also then need the staff who knows the process for that company or practice. And then you're going to need to have people to hold people accountable to it because that's the other added recipe to this um, to this mix, right? Um, so SOPs and having your team really understand and know your processes and then making sure people are holding other people accountable really is key to making your organization efficient.
0: And I think that's a great point. Um, You know, what do you you think are those things that they need to do to make those existing SOPs more effective?
1: Well, I think the the first order of business is, you know, because I've seen organizations create SOPs and maybe not even know the tools that they're using to get the data and to help with SOPs, so I think the first order of business is you know reach out to your software company whatever practice management software you have and get training right some organizations well our organization we actually do a workflow analysis with our certified trainers where we're able to kind of analyze and see the gaps and then identify the pain points first right get trained on the software Um, tool, the practice management software tool. And as you learn the software tool, because many times I have found that our customers didn't know what they didn't know was in the software, right? Like with Dentrix Enterprise, we change and we add enhancements every year. And so one good practice SOP for an organization is to actually get trained on the new features when it's released with a decision-making team so that you can see what new features may fit your new workflows. And then that's when the magic happens, right? The trainer is able to help marry the processes by the operational people. And then when an SOP is made, then obviously the organization is going to need to document it somehow, right? The most popular I see because people seem to learn via visual and videos versus reading manuals these days. Um, that's um, a tool I see often. You know, some organizations have learning management systems, but even if you don't have something fancy, just even having a quick cheat sheet, like a one pager, to show you this is the process, this is how we do it, this is what we want you to put in the software. To that level of detail is a great way to start your SOP.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because I think there's multiple layers of complexity, and and I've seen the same thing. I mean, I've seen some customers that are you know it's a full blown out you know PDF document, and then I've seen others that are much more heavy on uh, videos that they use. Um, and then what I'm kind of seeing lately is kind of this mixture of lightweight documentation plus like video library support so whether they use their own library like an LMS or they use you know maybe like for Dentrix Enterprise we have the uh, the resource center and we have some uh, videos that are in, included in there it, it's it's knowing that those things are there and kind of mapping them out to meet, that organization specific set of needs. And I'm I'm seeing a lot of traction in that area um, because then they know that they're on the path, right? They know, yes, this is the this is how we design the organization to function.
1: Right. And and if you think about it, it's also a great tool for onboarding you employees, right? That your staff, they just want to do the right thing. And if you can lay it out and share with them, this is your role, this is what we need you to do. Um, I mean, to the level of detail, meaning where to click and whatnot and why, by when, again, that just helps um, onboard. It helps with scaling. I mean, numerous things. It's literally the foundation of your organization.
0: Yeah, good, good, good points. Um, so, are there any areas of SOPs that you find that you were really surprised about? like when people started implementing, like end of day seems like a really good one to have, right? But are there any categories where you're like, oh, wow, I didn't know you guys would have an SOP for this. Was there any areas that you were surprised about?
1: <laughs> well, believe it or not, even just implementing software, <laughs> um, making sure that you um, be in the know. Um, so for instance, Software gets enhanced all the time. So I've seen an organization have an SOP as to every year they plan out time to learn the new features of the software so that the decision makers could then make time to go ahead and pick the new features, SOP it internally, train the trainers, and then roll it out. So it's like an SOP for the SOP. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So that was kind
1: of funny. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And then um, I'm trying to think of another SOP that I was like surprised with. I mean, SOPs for marketing. Now that that's a big, um, because of COVID, right? People are being reached out in many forums with texts and email and whatnot. Um, Marketing SOPs have, you know, popped up. Again, you kind of need to know how to use the solution, marry it with how you're going to want to process it for the outcomes you want to have. And um, and then SOP, it seems to be like the new acronym <laughs> or term, <laughs>
0: <laughs> verb. It's the, it's the new verb. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, you know, one thing that when I was talking to uh, a couple of kind of mid-sized organizations, I was actually really impressed with their SOPs that they had around M&A and really their, their processes that they go through, even back even down to like, they had specific line items around, here's how we're training the people coming in and here's how we want to help them understand our culture and, and the values that we want to represent to our patients. And um, I was really impressed with a couple of those that I've seen recently.
1: Yep. So as you can see, it's not even software specific. Right. I mean, SOPs is the foundation to run your business.
0: What are you seeing as like the biggest benefit to customers, you know, having a good culture around SOP development and maintenance and you know what, what is it that they get out of that?
1: Oh well, so the biggest benefit I see is the fact that if an organization is wanting to scale and grow, this is a recipe, it's a great start to duplicate and replicate, right? So if you could replicate the same processes in your flagship store that's successful and you got the reports that you want, I mean, look at Starbucks. I used that in an example in a webinar before. I mean, that's all that is, is their SOPs are down to each role, each member, what verbiage, and they're able to replicate. So... That as well as another big benefit is uh, as a new employee to an organization, it's just so much easier and happier to know, okay, this is what they want me to do. This is what they're going to measure me on. This is what I need to learn. I mean, some organizations use um, making sure they understand their workflows as a measurement of how well they are as an employee. So you know how you have employee reviews um, when you get hired or even if they're testing an employee out, right? Um, Because part of it is how adaptable are you to our new culture, right? Um, So I'd say scaling and onboarding are the top two benefits I see.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where you think about it a lot and if you're a decent growing size organization, you've constantly got new employees coming on or they're changing roles or they're advancing their careers internally and you want to be able to take that next person and just plug them in like here you go, here's here's how we're going to set you up to be successful. And I think even in other organizations that I've worked in, the better prepared you are for that new employee, the more successful they are quicker. And I think we really need to think about that onboarding, Uh, experience.
1: Yeah. And it actually makes the employees happy, right? No one wants to walk into a place that doesn't know what they're doing or decisions haven't been made. So it just, uh, from an employee's perspective, it makes them feel like they're working for a company that, yeah, this is a company. I know what direction they're going. I know what to do. I know I can do it. Or even if they can't do it, they have a way to attain They know what's expected of them, right?
0: You know, that brings up another question to mind, which is, you know, in your experience, when you look at the most successful organizations that you've been working with, Mm -hmm. you know, how do they they keep SOPs top of mind for employees? Because, you know, I know the first time that I got trained on a piece of software – you look back a year later and you're like, oh, I didn't even, I don't even remember it did all these things, you know, and, and I look at an SOP would be very similar. It's like, here's our 50 processes. You really work in three of those, but I expect you'd know all of them, you know? So how do they really train and keep people up on that?
1: Well, if you're able to afford it, right? So my larger, most efficient organizations, they have universities. So training and education is ongoing and constant and um, each quarter they have lunch and learns. So again, I think, you know, being able to learn on a consistent basis remotely, probably with webinars, as well as um, like you you can have live training as well on um, your SOPs That's what I've seen our most successful companies do. They don't skimp on training. It's ongoing. They create their own learning and development um, systems, right? So they test their staff. Um, But yeah, I say that's what I see. If you don't have that capability, I mean, I know they've outsourced um, learning and training, I mean, even to our own company, right? You can get training anytime you want and we can customize it for whatever needs is needed for our customers. Um, So it's out there. I just think the organization needs to have that mentality that the doctors aren't the only ones that get continuing education, right? Like They need to provide education for their business assistants, the people who are running their business that are collecting the monies, all the things that are important um there's always constant education
0: yeah are they leveraging any like regular meetings i mean i love the idea you know of leveraging lunch and learns right i mean it's it's so practical it's fairly easy to implement um i mean are they using any time in their daily huddles are they using any time uh you know any other scheduled events to help with this
1: like i said i you know being that I only work with national DSOs, they have you know their own internal conferences. And I do know like their regional or district managers will have lunch and learns or if they can't have a lunch and learn, everyone knows there's a video that they could always watch, right? But if there's questions or uh, they need additional help, they always know who they can go to. And so what I'm finding in these large organizations too, is they'll create a super user team, right? a team that the internal staff can go to and ask about a workflow or the how-tos or if they didn't understand. So again, they create their own systems within internally, but very, very big on making sure people learn and understand, you know, processes.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great. Is there anything else top of mind that you'd want to share with our audiences? Uh, had you Have we been covering this topic?
1: Um, well, really, I think, you know, being that software is now part of our lives, this has, you know, really been a hot topic that, you know, in the past, I've so often wondered why doctors don't purchase training for their staff when I can tell you right now, that is the number one thing that these successful organizations do is educate, educate, tweak the processes as you grow, because things will change as your organization changes. And then just know that it's not, there's no end point. It's a living, breathing thing, SOPs, right? You know, every year it gets changed because, you you now may have a central billing office or a call center. So change is inevitable and so I think you know creating processes to make sure your your staff knows what you want them to do to run your business is just going to be a win-win. Yep,
0: yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks again, Karina. This has been so valuable. I, I've learned some things. I I know that our audience is going to be interested in this content and uh, hopefully we can help everybody kind of focus in and, and be better. And that's why we're all here as part of the Dental Deep Dive experience.
1: I love it. Yep. Anytime, Dave. I love my customers, always want them to succeed. So I'm happy to help.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much, Karina, and thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for this episode of The Dental Deep Dive. I learned a lot. I hope you did, too. I'm looking at my notes here and really thinking about some of the great things that we picked up from Karina, particularly around defining your list of pain points, building out your strategy to align to those, and really starting to focus in on leveraging best practice workflows to grow and accelerate your organization. Thanks again for being part of the Dental Deep Dive and we'll see you on the next show. We'd like to thank our sponsor Dentrix Enterprise. Dentrix Enterprise provides the tools, technology, and expertise to help you achieve greater efficiency and productivity for your dental organization. Dentrix Enterprise is the dental practice management software of choice for multi-location, group practices, DSOs, community, and federally qualified health centers. If you'd like to learn more about how Dentrix Enterprise can help your organization, Check them out at DentrixEnterprise.com forward slash DentalDeepDive.